It's time for the Bromley Buzz. Uh, that's me being a, a WWERF presenter. Why are you shaking your head at me, Z? I, but, I'm not sure it's recording. Uh, no, the Zoom isn't recording, which gives me a lovely excuse to say, welcome to the Bromley Buzz with Darren Wheel of Intune PR and... Zina Karani of Vida de la Maribosa. Quite. And because of <clears throat> petrol-related issues this week, we're recording this remotely. So apologies for any disturbance on sound, or indeed my co-presenter wondering if we were recording or not. <laughs> but here we are, and uh, here we go. And uh, we're on Channel Radio as well on Mondays from 10 o'clock. So there's the other uh, outlet for us, apart from Spotify and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, it's been an exciting few days, including excitement for the leader of our council in Bromley, Colin Smith. Uh, did you know he'd been on the Meet the Leader session with um, Eddie Nestor on BBC Radio London? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's still available on BBC uh, Sounds. Um, unfortunately, the link is a little complicated, but I'll give it a go. Uh, www.bbc.co.uk sounds slash play slash P09X8RRZ. Uh, it was a very interesting introduction. Shall I tell you what Eddie said to him first? Go on, go for it. Go for it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I can't wait. His first words to uh, the leader of our council were, can I call you darling? <laughs> uh, and thankfully, Colin um, went, entered into the spirit of it and, re and came back. Uh, I prefer gorgeous. I prefer gorgeous. Because you're gorgeous. Yeah. Ah. So, well, well done him. Um, it was quite an interesting... Uh, part of the show so one of the things that um, Eddie said was that their reporters knew little about Bromley and were struggling to find out much which is a real shame and one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing actually there's um, a common theme about that isn't there that uh, there's so much in Bromley but a lot of people don't know about the things that there are in Bromley or if they want to find out well, one of the things that people now know is about Emma Raducanu, the US Open winning tennis player, and apparently the council has indeed reached out to her people, as she now has people, about things like a yeah. celebration, open bus tour or whatever. I want some people. I'd like a trail of people behind me. Well, I'm your, I'm your people, per actually, or one of them anyway. I'm your PR for goodness <laughs> You say. are indeed yeah. my people. Yeah, don't forget your people. Um, and in fact, I'd better give a reference to Lily and Lee, my P uh, PA people, um, before she get, bangs up on me. Uh, anyway, other news. Uh, I spoke to the actor Debbie Bird uh, yesterday, and that resulted in a special edition of the podcast, which went up last night. And that's about Debbie Bird's one-person show at the Bridge House Theatre in Penge on the 7th and 8th of October. Uh, in which she is a lady who is 50, uh, newly divorced, lost, and about to try and refind her sex life. Uh, and that, that sounded a lot of fun. So we, we had a chat, we put it up in the podcast, and I made my In the Name of um, the Bromley Buzz comedy debut because we did a impromptu skit based on me being a dinner guest who was coming along because of dating app to meet poor Julie. Oh dear, I've hinted about how it went. But uh, I was meeting Julie and going to um, uh, try and woo her. Uh, and if you've got a few minutes to spare, listen in to the, the episode. Yes, indeed. I, I was quite quite Lothario. 
Um, but some Lotharians are better than others, as I'm sure you appreciate. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. The dazzle. Hmm. Uh, that brings us on to the buzz of the week. Uh, what I was going to actually... No, it doesn't. I've done it for two weeks running. I've overlooked your affirmation. Last time I said, when I stuck it in right at the end, that I'd do it right at the beginning, and I didn't. But we're, what, a few minutes in anyway, so uh, it well, kind of counts. get it somewhere. It doesn't matter, as long as we get it in. Yeah, well, I've, I've remembered before I get beaten up by my co-host next week. So uh, would you like to uh, remind me what an affirmation is? By the way, that was me spanking him. I I would argue that's probably better in person, but uh, moving on to the affirmation. Yes. Affirmation. Hang on, hang on. The affirmation, what do they do? What are you supposed to do with an affirmation, Z? Absorb it. So the idea of an affirmation is to have something that empowers you for something that you are trying to achieve. So whether it's confidence, it's a goal. Generally, it's a, it works around self-belief and your mindset. So affirmations are there to empower your mind to make that shift that you believe in what you are saying. And it's a reminder. So the more you say it, it's kind of the law of attraction. So the more you say it, the more it becomes true and valid. And you believe it. And they have to be your own words. Uh, generally but if not you can take other people's affirmations and make them your own as well because sometimes people do struggle with affirmations Um, so these are mine from my book begin each day with positive affirmations and empowering questions book available on Amazon hard copy or as in a paperback copy or you can download it on Kindle as well yes the current rustling in the podcast is actually the book Affirm away. I will affirm away. You are one and only one. Love yourself, cherish your uniqueness and qualities. The more positive you feel about yourself, the more you love yourself. The more you respect yourself, then others will be drawn to your power of positivity. And that's really true because when you feel on top of the world and you feel positive, others will be drawn to you on that energy because we're all made up of energy, aren't we? Yes. Waves. And, you know, you ever get that feeling when you're around negative people all the time and you get kind of drawn down into their negativity? Uh, yes, I had it in a meeting recently, in fact. Yes. Uh, actually, well, talking... The idea is to surround yourself by loved ones and people have that fire in them, them and that energy that transpires to you. Talking of uh, negativity, is there such a thing as a de-affirmation? So, for for example, if I were to talk about one of my great weaknesses, which is bourbon biscuits, if I were to say every morning, I dislike bourbon biscuits, would that work? It could work. But why would you want to say, I dislike it? You need to try to change change it to a way that you still like it, because you don't want to dislike it, because then you'll stop eating it. And actually, you enjoy that. So you have to change the affirmation to something like, I'm not going to overhog on them. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's actually more helpful. Um, Right, moving on from Bourbon Biscuits to the buzz of the week, a regular section where we talk about stuff which is exciting us about Bromley. Uh, We both attended, with Sarah Marsh Collins of um, Bay Wonky Digital Marketing, the... 
Uh, Bromley Champions meeting, as we called it last week on Friday, in Biggin Hill, in Bombardier Hangar, uh, in a boardroom meeting room setting. And there we... There. Pardon? What a beautiful place. Yeah, it was. It overlooked um, the airfield. There were all these pictures of historic aircraft on the walls. There was a model of an aircraft on the, the enormous table there. It was pretty spectacular, actually. I have my um, vision, my goal. I've had my charter there as well. So that's going to be my affirmation. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. And thank you to Hannah Gray, um, the small business champion, who helped us get in that lovely space. And thank you to everyone that attended, um, notably, as it happens, several councillors and former mayors of Bromley. Yeah, something over six mayors, was it? Am I counting wrong? Including ex-mayors, including um, councillor Russell, mayor, the present mayor right now? Yes, so that was that was a very much a high point because uh, the mayor and the mayoress serving, and uh, that's Russell Miller, uh, were there. And before he left, he said in regards to the Bromley buzz because the meeting was about how do we take this podcast and make it stronger to champion Bromley and the people in it and our community that was what we were there about and he said he fully supports what we're trying to do and uh, coming from him and from various of the other people in that room uh, that did put a bit of um, wind beneath our wings as it were didn't it which is appropriate for Biggin Hill. I love that song. Maybe we need to play that song. I might play it on my radio show. The wind beneath my wings. Thank you. Listen to I'm Mindset Matters. Listen, listen to Mindset Matters at 10.30am every Friday on Channel Radio with Zeenat Nurani. Um, anyway, carrying on. Did you, did you have any particular high point out of that meeting yourself? Do you know what? It was just, it was surreal because I've never been in a room with so many different people and people of different levels and experiences and knowledge and skills and stuff. And it was very, very empowering. And I thoroughly enjoyed being there. And I think it's going to do wonders for our Bromley Buzz. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you were there because you're a serious chunk of the buzz. Um, right, talking of buzz, it's your turn. My buzz? Ooh, mm. which buzz should I go for? Um, okay, I'm going to go with the most immediate one, my biggest buzz, and it's not really to do with Bromley, but it's my buzz because I live in Bromley. Mm. My brother arrived yesterday from uh, Thailand, and I've not seen him for over ooh, three, four years, so that was really lovely. So that was my highlight of my buzz, and he's here downstairs right this minute. I'm amazed you actually stopped hanging him for long enough to come on the show. <laughs> Well, I did hug him when he walked through the door, and he was like, okay, okay, you can let go now, you can let go now. <laughs> and, um, yes, we have a, a bit of a joint buzz as well. Um, we're both fans of Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, no obvious Bromley connection, but if there is one, I'm going to find it. Actually, there is a Bromley connection, which I'll come on to in a minute, now I think about it. Anyway, um, yeah, what, what did you find exciting? I, I loved, for example, Sarah Nalias. Uh, were joint top with their foxtrot and they were bottom last week. What a transformation. Yeah, yeah. And they made the most improvement in literally just two weeks. They were incredible. Yeah, and then uh, I really loved Anton Jubek as, or Jubek, Jubek, uh, as judge. He's really, really coming out very well as a judge now. Former, former actual yeah. dancer. Um, do you remember the bit when... Um, judge. Pardon? 
I'm glad he's a judge because he's very, he's very slick as well. And I think um, Craig Revel Hall is going to have uh, to run for his money <laughs> when it comes to comments. <laughs> Look, well, talking of comments, um, actually, Anton came up with my favourite ever strictly remark. Uh, this was after he got a, a 10. Uh, and I think it was like the first 10 he'd had with a partner, which which is ridiculous after years. And um, he was talking to another chap uh, who had had, uh, I don't know, like 20 or 30 or 60 or some ridiculous amount of 10s. And he turned around to his other professional dancers and said, so this is what it feels like. <laughs> yes. uh, you, know you know all about sort of well-being and the mental health. And I put my hat off to Anton because... I know this is not uh, this is a Bromley buzz. Mm. It's not a strictly buzz, but just really quickly to say that he has an incredible amount of res resilience and empowerment because he doesn't always get the best comments when he was dancing. He didn't always have the best dancers. It was kind of a pick. -em. It wasn't. I reckon it was sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I've got my opinions about that. And he never had it best, did he? But he always held his high up. And he could trot himself right from the beginning right to the end with pride. Yes, and, and I, uh, I have a feeling he might have been a dancer who had uh, Anne Widdicombe. And uh, if, if I'm right yeah. about that, that says it all, really. <laughs> but other <laughs> other highlights included um, uh, strictly first twerking, uh, and more seriously, as uh, Rose and Giovanni. Rose is a deaf lady, and there she is dancing like. Mm -hmm nobody's business she's she's great such an inspiration fabulous yeah no she was and uh, there's something related coming up at the churchill theater as far away as next year um, would you like to share that one yes i would absolutely so watch out bromley at the churchill theater strictly ballroom the musical monday 3rd of october 2022 to saturday 8th of october 2022 so i'll be there for sure you're not going to keep me away from that place. And uh, <laughs> so this show it was rescheduled from February 28th to the 5th of March. That's 2022. So it's been rescheduled. So Strictly Ballroom, the musical, based on the award-winning worldwide film Phenomenon, is heading out to tour the UK and Ireland. With directions from the dancer, choreographer, theatre director, and Britain's favourite TV judge, Craig Revelhallwood. Strictly Ballroom, the musical will be fox trotting around the UK from September the 20th, oh, 22nd, September 2022. Bringing together a cast of over 20 worldwide uh, class performers, Strictly Ballroom, the musical follows arrogant, rebellious young ballroom dancer Scott Hastings. When his radical and daring dance style see him fall out of favour with an Australian federation, he must dance with beginner. Fran. Together they find the courage to defy tradition and discover that to win your steps don't sorry, to win your steps don't need to be strictly ballroom. And it's got with over 30 classic chart top hits performed live on the stage, including time after time, time after time. Let's dance! I'm so excited. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I want to dance with somebody. I know that was off tune. <laughs> Sway, Kian Sarah, Mumbo, number five. Oh, I love Mumbo, number five. Uh, dancing with myself, Sugar Sugar. Great, sounding great. 
It's the end of the world as we know it. Teardrops and love is in the air. This will be an unforgettable production. You won't want to miss it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to see if we can uh, get an interview with one of the dancers, Kevin Clifton from Strictly Come Dancing, who's part of that show. And we've got, uh, what, a year to do it, so we can do that, I think. I know, he's one of my favourite. Well, also, unlike Anton, he's also won the show. Uh, Strictly. Sorry, Anton. Uh, Anyway, moving on. Uh, It is actually Black History Month this month, uh, and also National Inclusion Week. Uh, So... The Bromley Buzz would like to say that both of these are wonderful things and do check out any activities near you. And thank you to Bromley's Metropolitan Police on Twitter, at MPS Bromley, where we're at Bromley Buzz, because that's how I picked up on it. Uh, And on a related note of uh, months and weeks, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I'd like to say get well to someone I'm only going to describe as C at the moment. Uh, because uh, C is going through chemotherapy as we speak. Right. Yes, um, you know, it's a great awareness. And it comes straight off to the Macmillan that we recently had as well. And, you know, I think it's um, important to support everyone around this. Oh, you wanted to mention Macmillan? I did. I did. Um, I, you know, I think we'll be here forever, but I wanted to thank all the businesses in Bromley, First of all, so Taylor's Restaurant, uh, Wine and Bar. Um, we've got uh, Locatane, the store. We've got the Body Shop. Uh, what else did we have? We had um, Neil's Yard in Bromley. And a few others, actually. I can't, I Jade Window it. Cleaning. Jade Window Cleaning. Then we had the Motor Mobility in Orpington. We've had... Um, in tune PR, my my, my now PR. ex bottle of Jack Daniels. Your Jack Daniels, and then myself who donated um, oh, right. hair styling and makeup plus coaching sessions and uh, some DoTerra oils. You know, but I want to thank all the businesses that came and donated prizes for this day. It was absolutely wonderful, such wonderful prizes, and I, it, you know, I want to thank them. It's so important to be part of things like this. Um, to get noticed, but know that you're putting something towards a good cause. And we did do over 1,200, was it, pounds so far, and it's still going. And we will share the link again via our Twitter and any other social media we can find. I also post about it, as do you on LinkedIn, so you can look there for us too. Um, Any further buzzes? I was going to ask you, have you got any further buzzes? I do, I've got uh, more, you go next. Okay, well, my buzz is actually the same. We had a great day for the Romney buzz on Friday. I mean, it was colossal. We did the Biggin Hill thing in the morning. And then Sarah Marsh Collins and I went off to the constituency office of Gareth Bacon MP, uh, MP for Orpington. And he's going to be appearing on the Bromley Buzz as soon as we can arrange a date. So that'll be our first outing with a, a member of parliament. And... Mm-hmm. What I loved is, because of the fact that the communications channels in Bromley are so empty at the moment, you can't really get a handle on what your MP or your councillor or whatever is like, uh, unless you bump into them in the pub or something, uh, which is an unlikely scenario, to be honest. So when we were speaking to him, he was just 
so aware of a bunch of things I wasn't aware of, uh, even though I've been living here for 20 years. Uh, he was so keen on the work of people like Orpington Football Club with their uh, community schemes, their attempt to uh, get money in to rebuild their pavilion. Um, there were just numerous things which he was talking about which proved to me that he's really got his finger on the pulse of Orpington as an MP. And it was really refreshing. And he was, a, in not old terms, an, a really nice bloke as well. So um, go, Gareth. Thank you for um, your time and looking forward to having you on the show. Yeah, it's going to be great. It'll be lovely to have him on the show. Yeah. Uh, did you find something about which point of Bromley Beat was the centre that you didn't know about? Oh, thank you for reminding me of that one. Uh, yeah, this, this actually, this actually keys in with an interview that uh, we've got coming up later, um, and that is to do with uh, the fact that the Royal Bell Pub, or in the heart of Bromley, Bromley North, or near the old cinema, the picture houses is now, <coughs> has a tree outside of it in between it and the um, the Artful something, what was the name of that? Um, the Artful Duke it is now. Yes, the, the Artful Duke. So in, in between the Artful Duke, and by the way, I'm going to give a hopefully accurate shout out to the uh, waitress there, Annabelle, who we met when we were in there a little while ago sampling their <coughs> espresso martinis. Um, but in between the two, there is a tree which apparently is the geographic centre of Bromley. Uh, and I just thought it was really cool. I didn't even know there was one. So Gary, uh, Gary Hillman, whose interview will be coming up later, thank you for pointing this out to me. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, no. Um, having that there, knowing that that's the point of centre. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of <coughs> espresso martinis, the buzz is, I found out when I was at uh, Kobe Jones, uh, the Japanese restaurant on the inside of the Glades, uh, amazing Japanese food. I love, really, really lovely. The owner, Michael, that's there, and he's got a partner called uh, Paul, I think his business partner is. But I haven't met Paul yet, but, you know, Michael knows me really well. He was saying, because they wanted to get, uh, you know, where the Queen's Garden is. Mm. Uh, so the Queen's Garden, and this was interesting. Um, so the Queen's Garden is literally right outside where the My Time Gym is, for those people who don't know it, I. Sarah Marsh Collins, who comes here, didn't know what the Queen's Garden, she thought I was very loopy when I was talking about the Queen's Garden. Um, so that's there, no, they've got the restaurants where they've got Wagamamas and they used to have um, Ed's Cafe, Project Pie, Byron Burger. Unfortunately, a lot of these restaurants got closed down and there's just Wagamamas and there was giraffes there. So long story short, giraffes apparently is going to be a cafe during the daytime and in the evening it's going to transform into like a martini espresso bar. Cool. You just went silent. <laughs> oh, I did. I was just imagining a big shiny bar and that's enough to render me silent most of the time, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's, that's quite cool, isn't it? That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah and they've just opened up a new uh, Marlowe's Burger there, which is in place of Byron Burger. Apparently the owner of Byron Burger has taken that over because he had the opportunity, so that's there. Well, one thing Bromley is pretty strong on is places to eat and drink, and it's getting stronger. And I'm going to do a spontaneous rearrange of the podcast at this point, because I was going to introduce a different thing. But you love another uh, eatery where I've seen a picture of you with an enormous teddy bear, uh, which is the Garden Bar. And uh, in a moment, we're going to have an interview with Gary Hillman, who owns the Royal Bell and has helped revive it. Um, tell me again why you like the um, garden barsy. 
I love it because it's it, it's just so different to what we normally ha have had in the past here in Bromley. And I think it brings about a different sense of energy, a different sense of demographics as well. I do feel that weekends are more catered for the younger crowd. So uh, I kind of feel out of place a little bit, but it's still lovely to go. During the daytime, it's great because you've got all sorts of demographics from 40 plus people with their babies, uh, pensioners going in, and that's really, really wonderful. I just love the atmosphere there, I think. Um, it's relatively new, so there's lots of little things they still need to tweak, I think. Um, but overall, it's, it, I think it, it's, it's good that we've got that there. Um, and it's going to be very beneficial to attract more people into Bromley. Yeah, I, I think and it's... Port Bell uh, is like ancient, it's so old. I mean, I remember going there when I was in my teens. Well, the, um, well Gary goes back even further, as the interview will show. Um, but... Mm -hmm. um, so he is older than I am. Absolutely. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> the the Garden Bar's Twitter, uh, when we were talking on there, and uh, I said, oh, the Bromley Bar's happens to love you, uh, they came back with, we love you more, which made me laugh. So thank you, Garden Bar, for that, and thank you to Gary Hillman for the interview, which we're going to play right now. And you listen out for the remark he makes about his grandparents. That's pretty cool, in my opinion. Right, uh, I'm here with Gary Hillman in the first floor, is it? Yep, first floor function room. First floor of the Royal Bell in the heart of Bromley. In fact, there's so much in the heart of Bromley that I've learned for the first time that I'm facing the tree at the heart of Bromley outside. Yeah, in the, uh, just outside there, the Royal, Royal Bell here, in front of the uh, Artful Duke, is a big tree. There used to be a water fountain there that used to be classified as a centre of Bromley, which for some reason is now on Keston Common. So, yeah, this is actually officially classed as the centre of Bromley. Well, it's kind of apt as a very green borough that we've got a tree at the heart of it. Yeah, 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 it's nice, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice tree, nice tree as well. But you yourself are, are more of a man of um, bricks and mortar, and uh, you're behind what's happened to the Royal Bell. Would you like to kind of introduce what, who you are and what you do? <coughs> yeah, well, I'm um, Gary Hillman, and I first come to the Royal Bell when it... The Royal Bell got converted to, into a Burnie Inn, which was one of the first sort of, um, shall we say, restaurants for people to go out. And um, you used to have um, prawn cocktails start, with, start off with rump steak for main course and Black, for, um, Black Forest Ghetto for uh, dessert. So, uh, and this used to be a Burnie Inn. Uh, got converted to a Burnie Inn where they cut a big hole in the ballroom and just get as many tables and chairs in here as possible. Uh, I think they'd done that in 70, about 73. Um, I'd come to a, my granddad had a birthday party here in 1981, exactly 40 years ago. So there's some nice photos of which my cousin, Tracy, give her a mention, uh, managed to find, because a lot of my family were saying, no, we never, granddad never had a party there, but she managed to find some photos, so we got the proof of it, which is nice. Um, so, and then uh, the buildings sort of got offered to me and sort of me uh, heart ruled me head a little bit and uh, ended up um, yeah, buying the property with another private investor uh, who believed in the property as much as I'd done, which was nice because uh, I know a lot of sort of local people 
didn't really fancy it. A lot of developers just couldn't see the potential of it. And, and obviously Bromley being Bromley, <coughs> where over the maybe the last 10, 15 years, when it used to be very uh, popular as a destination of going out, when there used to be various sort of places like Henry's, Delano's, um, the Royal Bell, Walkabout over the road. It was a big destination place and people used to come from all over London to it. But it gradually, um, f for, for certain reasons, uh, places closed down. So it has been, hasn't been very lively, shall we say, for the last uh, five, 10 years. So um, yeah, so it was nice that a private investor believed in me as well. So we bought the building and um, and put in for plan application to get a hotel at the back, which Bromley granted and very, very, um, <clears throat> very positive on that. And still, the hotel is still in a pro process, but I've learned a lot with hotels. And hotels, basically, they're very nervous if there's nothing next door that they can, can compare it to. So in normal business, if you've got somewhere where you've got a monopoly, like we would have here, because there's not, not many hotels locally in the top of Bromley, so Bromley Court Hotel and um, Travel Lodge, etc. You normally charge a premium, but from a hotel, it's the, other, it's the other way around. So I've been trying for two or three years to get a hotel on board and making it viable. Um, they, they're not sure about the building either, so that, that's, that's why we've just got uh, temporary planning to do the garden bar, which has been open uh, since um, I think it's Maybank Holiday, which has been very successful, and um, yeah, and we're just doing the insides, ready to go, as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Garden Bar. This is actually a bit of a show favourite. Uh, Zenat, um, my co-host, uh, will be very annoyed that she's not here with me, sampling further drinks at the park. <laughs> not to mention the food because we've been doing that. Um, now, in terms of general. Um, background on the bell, I know a couple of things. One of them is that it's historic. It goes back, I think, to the 19th century. And the other one is that it's been abandoned, for want of a better expression, for a very long time before you've managed to do what you're doing. So you revive something which is a historic and presumably somewhat listed uh, artefact here, and one that's been becoming a bit of an eyesore for a long time. So, thank you. Yeah, the, the, uh, there's been a hotel on this uh, site since 1666 so if you have a look on the rendering outside you've got 1666 and you've got 1898 on, on the on render so there's been the original building was here uh, some sort of hotel and then in eight in the 18 late 1890s that was demolished and the building we stand was designed by uh, the architect Ernest Newton and built and opened in 1898 um, it's obviously mentioning Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice and Queen. I missed that. I've read that and twice. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a plaque on the, at the front. So Brilliant. Yeah, so that's, that's in Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice and Queen Victoria used to stay. That's why it's called Royal Bell Hotel. Queen Victoria used to stay here if she was visiting down the coast somewhere. This was a sort of a halfway point to central London. So you had the stables at the back where the horses used to stay in the stables and Queen Victoria used to stay here to to go further uh, halfway halfway house basically. <laughs> that helps explain why it's got things like a ballroom. Yeah, yeah. So if you see 
there's some historic pictures around here or you know if you look on the our website or on the internet you can see how grand the building was and how much it meant to and you know it's literally the most grandest building in in Bromley High Street um, and you know still some amazing features it's true we tried to like when we've been restoring it we've restored all the front it's restored all the front uh, like all the brickwork point in uh, strip back all the Pardue in to establish the original. Wait, Pardue in? Yeah, I think like it's called Pardue. Oh, I can never say the rendering. I think it's something to do with Pardue in anyway. I thought it was right. Pardue. <laughs> so I employed a superb architect called uh, Benedicto Looney, who's very passionate about Ernest Newton, and um, with the Victorian Society, we, we, we've come up and sort of restored this building and got planning for the hotel extension at the back, which which we're looking to start in about two to three years time, once we've established the use of this building and you know, prove to hotel chains that this that a hotel will be viable in this location. Well, one of the lovely things about doing this interview here and now is that we're literally sitting in a work in progress. There's ladders and tools and bits of wood and um, you know plaster work and paintings that are partly yeah up yeah uh, but you've got a date coming up for this haven't you yeah yeah like normal any normal construction site you set yourself a date and it's carnage and everyone's working 24 7 the last uh, few days to get it out and that's what we done when the garden bar was open we decided to open the garden bar uh, and that was um, yeah chaos literally people walking in the door and we was just finishing it off so um, I expect so we've set the date of the 31st of October Halloween to have um, open it all up on the 31st to open the, the building up the ground floor and the um, and the first floor on hopefully the 31st of October so uh, watch your space as they say watch your space, me and Zenat will be here we'll be putting that in the diary and doing a little live well not exactly live broadcast but yeah. we'll do some recording on that night yeah, 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 no it should be good With the garden bar since it's been open has been tremendous with the atmosphere it's created and the vibe and the buzz we have a children's day every uh, six to eight weeks and we had one on sunday and there's people queuing an hour to get out you know hundreds and thousands of kids here and so we want it to be part of the community ranging from all ages from newborn up to 80 90 year olds we, you know we've had people 80 90 in here and then babies of one day old in here basically so yeah because it is in the heart of the community, we want it to be the heart of the community going forward. I think it's part of changing the community, actually, or giving them something around before. When I was talking to you earlier, it, it, I said it made me feel a bit like I was in Camden, and that's a major compliment. That is such a vibe up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's although I own Freehold, there's um, three main people involved in the running of the... Uh, of the of the internal of the buildings and they're very experienced at hospitality and and they was unsure about coming to Bromley so they normally work in central London London Bridge Docklands Camden just all very very central London based and they was unsure about coming to Bromley so I convinced them that Bromley would be the place that we opened the garden bar and they was uh you know, pleasantly surprised that they that the community really liked it. So therefore, <clears throat> thought we'd well, go again and do the ground floor and the first floor, and here we are, hoping 
31st of October it will be open. Now this is a tough question but uh, tell me at least one of your prouder moments you've had during this journey. In fact the first thing is when did this journey start? When did you actually manage to throw a particular switch that has led to today? But along the way a highlight or two? Uh, highlight of two, I think the highlight really is when the scaffold comes down. So the scaffold coming down from a construction or developer, it's always a sort of like wow factor and you feel like you're getting there. So yeah, when the, when the uh, scaffold come down and seeing the sort of beautifully restored front, front of the front elevation and you thought, yeah, this you know, makes, you, makes you feel proud, makes, and, you know, just makes you feel good and f feel like this is the start of something big. <laughs> it's been a, the building's been empty for, I think it was empty for 12 years, which is a criminal offence, basically. <laughs> so now, now we've managed to get it, well, we're opening the garden bath, but so again, 31st of October, opening inside. And um, I think we just got a license for 800 people inside and 400 in the garden, so 1,200 people. And, you know, when you see the garden bar and people saying, wow, what a beautiful building and great, great day we've had, you know, and that has a knock-on effect as well to the Bromley High, you know, the whole Bromley vibe and the whole Bromley High Street. You feel like, you know, hopefully my granddad would be proud of me. <laughs> I think he will. If you take the example of the Bromley Little Theatre down the road, yeah. uh, having spoken to them recently, they're going to benefit from this. Yeah, they'll yeah. be drawing oh, yeah. in more yeah, younger yeah. people. Yeah, they'll be walking past there. Yeah, they'll Excellent. be hearing yeah. about it. But as a result, it's, it's going to it's going to help yeah. inspire the no, community. I see. We got the art like the Artful Duke over the road, and everyone said, "Oh, you've got competition over the road now." I said, "No, no, it's good. Just bring people. Just bring people to this area." So. 20, 30 years ago, there was five, ten thousand people out out in Bromley on a Friday and Saturday night. So, hopefully, you know, with all these other venues, people will be like they have been to the Garden Bar, travelling, ten, like we've had people reading Manchester, travel here just to go because they've heard about the good vibe of the Garden Bar, just to go out in the Garden Bar, which is amazing. So, if we can bring people, people like London Borough Bromley, three hundred, I think it's three hundred thirty thousand population. Which, for some weird fact, I know it's the same. For some reason, I keep on quoting it. It's the same population as Iceland, the country of Iceland. So uh, yeah, so it has got. There is a need for for this building, and yeah, just let's get people in it. Well, I can tell you actually, you agree there with BBC Radio London, who quoted the same figure when they were in oh, the right? council <laughs> earlier on. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know what? Looking back, they were inviting questions. I said to them, "What do you think? What do you think of the Royal Bell development?" I should have thrown that one in before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The council must be pretty chuffed, though. No, they are. They, they've been very supportive uh, when we went for the planning hotel hotel extension. Everyone was very supportive understood how much the building and getting people and it back into this building would mean to the wider community and especially as part of the High Street where Bromley have done superb with the public realm in East Street, down in the High Street and obviously this part of the, this part of the High Street where the Royal Bell is, there is some closed shops and say the Artful Duke is open, whether it's open because of us or not, but we're all complementing each other. So hopefully now the whole of this top top end of the north of the high street will start benefiting and some of these closed shops will start opening back up, backing up and then just bring more people to the area, which would be great. 
Yeah, and as we speak, we've got music floating up from beneath us as well. I think there's some music going to be going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, at the moment, we have we have DJs on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, which are, I'm getting a bit old, but I think they're very good DJs, and everyone says they're amazing. And now we're opening inside, hopefully. We'll go to the next stage and we're having DJs inside and then hopefully putting on live music. Well, it's always a, a, a thing of mine to get live music back in here. I know it might not be the most profitable thing, but uh, but yeah, hopefully get some live music back in the, into the property as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things I know as, as a PR is that um, people love fluffy animals, music, and food and drink. If you talk about them things in PR, you're doing all right. Yeah. And, and we're in a place where some food and drink is. So let's close yeah. on that. What's coming in this area? Yeah, so we've got eight food booths opening inside. Um, excuse my ignorance. I don't actually know what they all are. But, uh, it's all right. This is an examination. <laughs> I should know, but I'm always one of the do what you're good at. And I'm well meant to be good at building and construction. It's, it's okay, one of the construction guys who we spoke to earlier on gave a vague one for one of them, it was a chicken. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's so we got some, I know we've got a really nice classy pizza place because I, I use him regular and I recommended him. So, and there's a really nice bakery. Uh, I think we, I think they got one in Beckenham and um, and she won The Apprentice. Sorry, sorry again, I don't know what the name is. <laughs> it's all right, we, we can get that for a future episode. In fact, we can speak to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I know is we had 100 applicants to bring uh, for the food booths we got inside for the food market um, to open up and, to, and the people running the insides, you know, They've chosen the best, so it is going to be really nice food in here as well. Sushi and wine. Is one sushi of and wine, yeah. So we've got sushi and wine bar where we're sitting now in the first floor at the front, which is the most most amazing, beautiful building when hopefully people come in here. They just, like, everyone that I ever bring in here, just the, the tongue just drops to the floor and just says, wow. <laughs> and it is a wow building. It, you know, it looks like something out of a Buckingham Palace. It's just amazing. So... Uh, yeah, so it'd be good to start showing people this uh, in its sort of put back uh, to a degree to its original, original like we, when Bernie Bernie in come in and they cut a big hole in the ballroom, it's just always been totally disjointed. The the um, you know what it was originally built for, it wasn't. It was just totally dis, disjointed. So now that we've um, put back the core, the ballroom, created how the rooms used to be and was meant for, uh, but just now bringing it up to the standard, um, you know, today's modern modern uh, food standards and stuff, yeah, so it should be good. All right, well, be good. I've got a, a request, and the request is, can we do a future episode from the Minstrels Gallery, which you told me about yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. on, yeah. with an actual Bromley musician on it. Maybe they can play a few chords. Yeah, uh, 100%. The yeah, the Minstrel Gallery is amazing, uh, overlooking the ballroom, uh, which we, we're calling it the Royal Bar. So it's going to be called the Royal Bar at the back. But that's a, an amazing room. That's the one where the ballroom floor's gone back in. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you're quite welcome to come back and do a, an episode on the Minstrel Gallery. Thank you. Uh, we use the word amazing a bit when we're 
on our show. And yeah. Sometimes we overdo it. Yeah. But compared to a more or less direct building site, which has been going around for 12 years and mothballed and all yeah. of that, and where you've got to, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us on the Bromley Buzz, and thank you very much for doing this at all. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome back to the Bromley Buzz, uh, and uh, thank you again, Gary, for that interview. Right, uh, let me see. I'm going to interrupt you. As I oh, do. yes. And I know it's not the end, but um, I was there at the Garden Bar one night, just my friend came down from Birmingham, and we went there, and unexpectedly, these Brazilian dancers came out of nowhere and they were shimmering everywhere. It was absolutely fantastic and such a great atmosphere. So I think things like that we need in Bromley. A bit more unexpectedness. That sounds really cool. I wish I'd been there now. Oh, well. <laughs> well um, can, I, can I give another buzz of mine? Yes, you certainly can. Myself and Chandra Sharma as part of the People's Skills course. We're going to be on the business bunker with Paul Angel, uh, Angels, <laughs> Andrews, Paul Andrews and Jules Serkins uh, tomorrow. Uh, what's so the business really, bunker? I'm, the business bunker? What's business bunker? Yeah. Business bunker. It's and a channel. <laughs> exactly, yes, indeed. It is a channel, a radio show that is on every Tuesday between 1 and 3 p.m. this week with yeah. special guests, Zenat Narani and Chandra Sharma. And Liz Barkley, the Commissioner for Small Business. Yes, so it's going to be lovely. It's going to be a really good um, day tomorrow, so do tune in for that. Really excited to be back on in the studio, but on the other side of the mic. Um, the last time I was on Paul's show was his 500th show, um, and that was lovely. And then I launched my show after that, didn't I? You did indeed. Um, and you can hear back that show 500 on kentbusinessradio.co.uk um, past shows, if you wish to do so. I, I'm even on one of them, and uh, you know, various Bromley people have been on there over time as well. Right, so let me see, what have we got next? Um, Macmillan, I'm going to throw one more bit of Macmillan uh, in again, and the Macmillan Cancer uh, Charity Fundraiser at the Chandra Sharma of uh, Tangent Office Resources ran on the 25th of September because we bumped into Chislehurst Rotary Club uh, members there and they and us when we were on rotation and putting silly hats on were running the human fruit machine so uh, without any further ado it's over to the fruit right we're still at the Macmillan coffee morning in Orpington and uh, th this is the human fruit machine uh, provided by the Rotary Club and this is actually a training session for, for Zenat, my co-presenter who's actually just joined us as, uh, as, as a fruit these, <laughs> as a fruit, yeah, or a variety of fruit. Actually, I did want isn't it? to be a watermelon, but unfortunately, mm. there are no watermelons. But I don't mind a lemon. Okay. Well, right, guys, could you uh, introduce Zena okay. to what she's going to do? Right. Here we go. Right. Just like an ordinary one-armed bandit or fruit machine, we have a lever arm that, that, that has to be pulled down, and when that goes, then the drums roll, which we do the, the sound effects. So we start now. So, are you ready, John? Awesome. Okay, here we go. Let's rock and roll. Pull, pull, pull the lever down. Down. Okay. Right now you have to ring the you have to ring the bell, don't you? Well, no, no, you. This is really good training. Pull the lever down again. Pick up a fruit. For the audio listener, read out your fruit. Mine is a lemon. Mine is a lime. Mine is an orange. Right. Okay. 
Uh, that, that was actually my go because I've paid entry here. So let's have another one, and you can tell me your names when you pick your fruit up this time as well. So okay. I've only got seen that. Carry on. Okay. Right. Uh, you had leave, leave it, down. please. There we go. Oh. Right. Okay. So <laughs> who's got the orange? I'm Keith. I picked up the orange. Yeah, well, that was completely new useless, Keith. Thank you. Uh, right, and yourself? I'm Peter, and I picked up a banana. That was also useless. <laughs> That's uh, pretty useless. But <laughs> you're making money for the Macmillan Finances, which is terrific. Thank you for being here. Tell me, by the way, about the... Because you're Rotary Club Chislehurst, aren't we you? We are, yes. yes. Uh, right, what is a Rotary Club? It is a group of like-minded people who are from a variety of backgrounds who are willing to... Uh, help within the community in terms of raising funds but also have fun while they do it and this is a classic example of what Roach is about which is having fun fellowship and 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 uh, doing worthy for worthy causes raising money within the community which are used particularly for local uh, national charities or where we find there is a need for our services because yeah, I know you do some very serious stuff like the eradication of polio and on an international scale uh, and a lot of you volunteered for uh, helping in the hospitals and the places where people are getting vaccinations Absolutely. lately as well. Yeah, um, but this is like the Monty Python version, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. We, we ran this, the same stall only a few weeks ago at our summer fair that we have on the second Saturday in June. And we had about oh six seven thousand people. That was at Chiselhurst. At mm. Chiselhurst, yeah, yeah. It, it's an annual event which unfortunately last year we couldn't run. This year we were able to. In uh, September. It, it, yeah, we had yeah yeah it was, it was the summer fair in September. So we just caught the end of the summer. Uh, fantastic turnout, and we raised lots of money for charity as, as a result of of that fruit machine and the other stalls that we had there, like a beer tent that sold beer, wine, bims, and it also gave other voluntary groups in the, in the area the opportunity to run their stalls and the money they raised they can use for their purposes too. So it helps not just Rotary, it helps other voluntary groups too with their fundraising. Well you're part of uh, the Rotaries in Bromley we are. Uh, and at last count I think you're actually up to about nine different clubs of different kinds. Yes. Um, yes. So Rotary Club Chislehurst, uh, if you had to say well what, what we need to listeners, what do you need? Do you need more members? Do you need someone to come in and tip a load of money into your coffers or what? We need people that want to participate and be involved. It, 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 people say mm. they want to do something voluntarily within the community and Rotary is a, is a great place to do that because not only will they be able to do that, all of the money we raised is used for the courses. We don't take any money out ourselves for our own purposes, uh, our own funds are, are where we socialise. We pay for ourselves. So, so the money we raise from things like the, the, the human fruit machine or other stalls that we run, other than the direct costs of it, like if we're doing the, the drinks, you know, the cost of the wine and so on, that, that all monies we make are used exactly as we say they do. It does what it says on the tin, which is we raise the money and we spend it within the community where it's needed. And we carefully target how that money is spent in the sense that we make sure that the money goes to where it's intended to. It, it, it can't deviate off into other people's pockets. We make sure that the recipients, uh, we, we ensure that the money is spent where, where it's intended and, and, and can't be siphoned off elsewhere, as we hear stories with other organisations happen so often, unfortunately. <laughs> and even if it's abroad where we spend money, the same thing happens. We have we're ideally a reciprocal Rotary Club in that area and they help us manage the funds so it's spent properly in the community. 
and, and, and used where we where we expect it to. And we monitor it right the way through. Yeah, and although I have a couple of the slightly more veteran members of um, the Rotary with me at the moment, you, you have all ages uh, it in is. there as well. And, and, and you're young at heart, quite clearly. You wouldn't be wearing the interesting Union Jack hat and uh, <laughs> the gentleman on your right with his uh, psychedelic special. Yes, it's Can I just have the name of the arm uh, of the fruit machine, please? Well, it's armless. No, no not the, the thing My itself, name. yourself. My, yeah. My name's John. Nice to meet you, John. My name's right. John. Uh, well, it was yesterday, and it's just today, too. Well, one the final thing. As you're um, Chiselhurst Rotary, we talked about a place there the other, you know, a few episodes ago called the Pit Stop. Uh, have you been in it? It's uh, a microbrewery and florist in Chiselhurst. No, so you can go and buy flowers for Christine here, uh, or, 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 I'm on my way or whomever, <laughs> uh, and you get Bye-bye. beer and a, and a, and a beer that's only sold in that particular establishment as well. Oh, no, no, it's really cool. I have, uh, so it, it's on the old Royal Parade. Is it? Oh, yeah. oh right, no, I, don't, I haven't been there, I haven't tried it. Yeah, so well, what is the official Rotary Chiselhurst position on beer? We drink it. We can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, that's a lovely way. Right, one more go before we finish, and we'll finish okay. on that. Yeah. I think Darren's right. going to join now. <laughs> the, uh, the leader is about to go down. Thank you. Oh. And thank you to the... <laughs> oh, dear, I think I've paralysed my co-presenter. She's lost it now. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We had two interviews that day. One of them was with a human fruit machine. Another one was the mayoress of Bromley. And, they, and that one went out oh. in an earlier show. But a greater contrast in terms of uh, dignity and gravitas and sheer charity-giving lunacy. I can barely imagine, actually. But uh, well done to both of them for being there on, there on the day and part of doing it. Absolutely. Amazing people. Amazing. It was. Now then. Um, right, what's the next? Well, there isn't much of a next, actually. We've, we've come to the end of this week's show. Uh, and we can finish. Aww. unless you, You've already interrupted me, so we've done our weekly interruption. Aww. I'm sure I could find something to interrupt you with again. Let me think. Um, no. Ah, okay. Well, that's, that's the first weekly <laughs> uninterruption. Weekend. Um, I was. I did tell you this before we started the podcast. Um, this weekend, myself, Sarah, uh, Jason, and Al, we went to a new location in Bromley, which I just happened to come across. I didn't know it was there, and it was called the, called the Privy Lounge, and it's right opposite Weatherspoons, which is um, directly across the road from the Bromley Police Station. Great place to have. Um, clubs and lounges and things isn't it mm. <laughs> anyway so you know it looked at really really nice because originally it used to be a spanish spanish restaurant in the front which is now called marlowe's i think it is or Mar- morgan's or something like that it was it was a lovely place however the crowd i believe again is very much catered for the young crowd so bill sort of 30s below mm-hmm. and since this bromley buzz is about bringing awareness about, you know, what's out there in terms of places to go to, places to eat, businesses, charities, everything it kind of uh, involves. I feel that Bromley still lacks a place for, for example, people above 40 plus. So when you go out for dinner, where do you go after? Perhaps you want to sit in a a bar or a lounge bar that's actually quite chilled and relaxed rather than having thumping music. There isn't really a place like that in Bromley. So I think there might be opportunities for businesses out there to think about how they can bring this to Bromley. Mm. 
Well, the, the show is listened to by some business people, so feel free mm. to come here and set up that thing and cater to Zenap. Uh, and indeed myself, I'm in the same demographic as well, so I'll have to admit to that one. We do have a very, very young crowd of people here in Bromley, and you can see it, you know, there's Boo-Boos, that's just started back up again, and there was uh, the old place that was called Beavers, but it's not Beavers anymore. I have been there for a long time. But I think we do need places that caters for everything, even though the, gener the younger generation is what's coming up. But what about us? Yes, uh, that, that's one of the things that's talked about quite often, which is uh, the young people and the old people and the in-between people are kind of a, bit, a little bit neglected. But oddly enough, it's some of the in-between people that are fronting this up and trying to shine a light on the other two as well. So uh, go us. There we go. And indeed, let, 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 yes, in fact, I, I came up with exactly the right words there. Go us, because that's precisely what we're going to do now. Um, shall we do an, an out buzz that we usually do? Right, I'm going to do a bit of percussion on this one as well. One, two, three. Bzzz. 